0: Hey everyone, Eddie Wilson here with the Think Realty Podcast. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day and joining us on your investing journey. uh, We want to make sure that we're always providing tons of value to you. We've got a great guest here in just a second, but first I want to say a quick thank you to our podcast sponsor, which is Real Property Management. A good property manager is going to put more money in your pocket than take money out and Real Property Management does that. You can actually check out the Real Property Difference. Uh, by going to Real Property Management on their website, which is realpropertymgt. That's RealPropertyMGT.com. Go check it out. Thank you, Real Property Management, for always sponsoring the podcast. Uh, it's a privilege to partner up with you. And uh, if you don't have a good property manager right now, go check him out. Our guest today uh, is a guest that's been with us for quite some time. Uh, he is actually one of our resident experts and always on the stages at our Think Realty shows. And we're actually in Houston and he'll be speaking. Uh, on the, in the conference uh, t- tomorrow, and uh, then also he'll be in Tampa. So if you haven't bought your tickets for Tampa, make sure you buy your tickets. Use the code PODCAST, and you get to buy one, get one free on that. Jason, thanks so much for joining us. Yeah, absolutely. Appreciate yeah. it. Yeah, you're doing good.
1: Doing good. It's yeah. been crazy.
0: I saw you walking with a sport coat, but now you got a jean jacket on. What happened?
1: Trying to look more hip. Okay, you know? got yeah. it. Yeah, I the, think you're you look you're good. bringing that culture in. You know? I'm trying to, you know.
0: Yeah. yeah. I heard that you like used to sleep in suits. I did. Now I don't think yeah. I ever see you in a suit. Pocket squares, ties, yeah. sleeping them. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's great. I actually have. <laughs> I'm not even wearing a suit tomorrow. I, I I got out of bed today and I had a. An interesting night in Houston last night, and uh, thanks to a few people on our team, they took me to places that you probably shouldn't go to. Okay. Uh, yeah, I saw I saw the interesting side of Houston I've never seen before. You know, almost died. Uh, really? But it was good. Would you was care to elaborate was a little? No. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was a good time. But uh, anyways, um, and I got out of bed and I had a sport coat and like, a nice pair of like sl- dress slacks and I was like, I'm not doing that today. So this is what you get today. Fantastic. So I'm glad you joined me.
1: Yeah. What about tomorrow
0: though? I'm going to dress back up. Okay. See, yeah. I almost wore this outfit tomorrow and yeah. I
1: thought ah, I might be
0: pushing it. It's now. Houston. Yeah. Anything goes. Anything goes. Yeah. So um, the market's crazy right now. Uh, if you guys don't know Jason, Jason owns a company called Freaky Fast. They do everything from wholesale to fix and flip. They do turnkey. They manage funds. And then he also is involved in oil and gas and all kinds of alternative investments. Um, pizza shops and coffee shops and all kinds of crazy stuff, which is awesome. Record labels. Um, just he you got interested into everything. It's good.
1: Try diversifying. Yeah. You know.
0: <laughs> so Jason... Um, Obviously has his hand on the market when it comes to real estate because he's investing in Knoxville, uh, Columbus, Cincinnati, Georgia. Yeah, Columbus, Cincinnati. Georgia, looking at Cleveland, yep. um, potentially Jacksonville, right? Yep. Uh, Florida. And uh and he's just doing a fantastic job. He's built a great company over the past few years. Um where are you at right now with the market? Like the the thousand-pound gorilla, it's you know, it's like rates are rising again today um, everything's moving investors to a degree are freaked out a little bit you know there's hardly any uh, properties to buy I mean where are you at what do what you what are you feeling like right now in the market
1: man I feel like it's just kind of like a shotgun splatter you know mm-hmm. everybody has just a little bit of a different opinion uh, different people are freaking out more than others mm-hmm. and then there's some that are like on one spectrum where they're just like completely not sleeping and and, sure. and really just stressed out. So I think that's kind of interesting. Um, the one thing that I am noticing is there's a lot of people that are over leveraged mm-hmm. and, and it, it could be just like that and you find yourself over leveraged mm-hmm. or maybe you have a couple deals that go the right way and then right. you find yourself in a lot better spot. But I'm finding deals coming across my desk from pretty large groups mm-hmm. that are, are just way over leveraged. Prices sure. are already dropping, they bought too high. Yeah. And I think, you know, in a hot market, they just got excited, you know, like most of us did. Mm-hmm. And they just, they over, they didn't buy right. And I think mm-hmm. that's the most important thing, sure. is buying right. So when you see that, you know, they overpay, it's like, yeah. well, you know, I'm not paying for that, right? right. Like, I'll buy 40, 50 cents on the dollar. Right. So yeah. it's kind of interesting to see how more deals are coming. Um, available mm-hmm. at, a, at a discount, which is exciting.
0: Yeah. yeah. So some people are not sleeping at night. Uh, others are taking advantage of the market. Right. Like where, where do you kind of land and all of that? What's your sentiment? How's your feeling? It
1: depends who I talk to. Yeah. Have you ever noticed that? Like you talk to one <laughs> yeah. person and, and you get off the phone and you're like, Oh my gosh, I need a drink. Yeah. And then you talk to someone else on the phone and it's like, okay, let's go raise a couple more million dollars yeah. You right. know, and, yeah. and buy. So I think that which is important mm-hmm. to know as an investor is like, who are you surrounding yourself with? Right. And I think it's good to not always just be pure optimistic, mm-hmm. but then also not be like too pessimistic either, mm-hmm. because I think you can talk yourself into a bad situation yeah, and, sure. and, and miss you mm-hmm. know, opportunities. Yeah. One of my biggest investors, for example, mm-hmm. um, he's got tons of cash in the bank and he's freaking out mm-hmm. because the bank presidents aren't calling him back. And it's mm-hmm. like, well, just invest it in some assets right. and you don't have to worry about it. right? But he also, you know, experienced the 87 crash, I think is the one that really hit him mm-hmm. hard. And so
0: from yeah. there, it just freaks him out a little bit. Yeah,
1: so it's just kind of interesting to see how yeah. people's minds
0: work. To me, it's, it's interesting. I feel like there's two types of mindsets. There's a consumer mindset yeah. and there's an investor mindset. And you really find yourself, you, you really begin to see who you are when things are turning south. Um, yeah. If you run from fear, you you know are are too scared. You start hoarding cash, like all of that. Like you are never going to, in my opinion, you're never going to capitalize on the greatest opportunities. Yeah. Like there's a reason why you know Warren Buffett uh, had close to a hundred billion dollars. I think it was eighty some billion dollars liquid. A, p- a few months ago, and it's like, you know, I got into a, a fight with a New York Times reporter on Twitter, you ever do that in the airport? You just get bored and see a fight with people on Twitter? I do all yeah, it drives touring. Super nights. fun, yeah, Yeah, <laughs> kills a great time in the airport. And so this New York Times reporter is like, you know, he must be afraid, and uh, and I was like, okay, first of all, if you have $80 billion in cash, why would you ever think, What are you? what is there to be afraid yeah. of? Like, I mean, death maybe, but like, you have $80 billion in cash, like there's no fear, you right. know? And it's like, they missed the whole entire point. It's like, no, he's getting ready to feed. You know, he's a shark. Like he, he is a great investor. And I get the sentiment of holding cash today for the purpose of finding good deals. Cause they're coming and right. they are happening. I don't get it you know, especially in a high inflationary period of holding it because of fear, right? Like that doesn't yeah. make sense at all. Like now you have a consumer mindset, you know? The consumer mindset goes, oh no, banks are failing. Oh no, you know, uh, prices are going up. Oh no, milk is $6 a gallon, eggs are four, $4 a dozen. It's like, but a true investor goes, oh, there's opportunity in some, somewhere in all of this, yep. you know? And I, I love that, I love that you pointed that out. Um, so the market is, is getting difficult. Um, but in difficult markets, we always find great opportunities. Where are the opportunities at that you're finding? You know, you said you're finding deals forty, fifty cents on the dollar. But where do you find deals like this? I mean, is this? Are you finding people with packages of homes? Are you finding individuals? Are you finding the retail market? Like, how do you find these? I think it's a
1: col- it's a collection of all of those mm-hmm. op- options in in, in different. Uh marketing strategies. You know, like, I think too, word gets around. Mm -hmm. You know, if you buy a package deal, then when someone else hears, they they give your name. Sure. Or, you know, speaking events. You know, Mm -hmm. I spoke at a conference down in South Florida and Guy Herman Speak talked to me and then that led into like six different introductions Mm -hmm. to different people that eventually led to this deal that I just mentioned to you. So I think it's a little bit of all the above. Mm -hmm. Um, Surprisingly though, the portfolio deals there's a lot out there mm-hmm. and again, it's because people overbought mm-hmm. um, there's some guys who are literally just picking up You know bad notes and then turn around to sell in those houses mm-hmm. um, And then what's interesting kind of like the guy that I like to target is the dude who's in his 80s he doesn't really need any more money but he's mm-hmm. kind of tired of the up and down. Mm-hmm. He's got slums. I mean, he hasn't done anything with them, right? And so you can go pick them up 20, 30 cents on the dollar mm-hmm. and and then put some money into it, bring them up to a, a nice quality home and get sure. you know a good tenant in there. Yeah. So I like targeting those guys a lot mm-hmm. as well. And I think yeah. they're going to be more and more available as the market starts kind of like crazy. end
0: of life or end of cycle for investors. It's like now they either have to pass these houses that they haven't put much money into onto family members that probably don't want them. Right. Or ca- recapitalize and pass cash onto their heirs or whatever. And that's what the
1: the children want. Yeah. They just want the cash. They right. care less about the houses. Right. They don't want to work, right. you know? And so yeah. the guy's like, well, I don't know what to do with them. And he's like, well, I'll buy them from mm-hmm. them. And yeah. then there's there's different ways to to be creative with that. If the dude's got, you know, like 100 homes, mm-hmm. He may not want a huge tax hit, so maybe he right. might do, you know, some type of owner financing sure. you know, and give you an opportunity to maybe pay off the, mm-hmm. the known five years, ten years, something like that. So yeah. uh, there, there's plenty of opportunity like that. And I think for the investor who's wanting to get in to real estate, that's the way to do it mm-hmm. is to get involved maybe in a collective syndication deal. Sure. And and then not trying to fix and flip per se, mm-hmm. but just get on some good deals that you can buy at a really good price, and just a lot yeah. of cash flow. Yeah,
0: now we, we're talking more about the novice investor, but how about the the passive bigger investor? I mean, I know that our podcast has some you know whales. They watch and they have a bunch of capital. And they're looking for passive deals you also service that group very well you know and you have some funds so do you mind just telling me about your funds and how you structure them and how people can get involved in that
1: yeah so we have four different funds that Mm -hmm. we have three of them are uh, equity and then one is debt Mm -hmm. the debt fund's great if you don't want to own any properties you Mm -hmm. don't want any of that liability just kind of want that cash flow coming in every month then the debt fund's great for you. Mm -hmm. Um, and The debt fund lends me capital to go buy the houses, turn around, and and then flip them Mm -hmm. to uh, other investors or to our equity funds. Mm -hmm. So in theory, I've created my own bank and my own buyer. Mm Um, and then the equity funds, that's kind of what I'm starting to push people towards. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are starting a, a fourth equity fund. In fact, it should be ready to launch by the end of this week. Mm-hmm. And the whole idea is to allow investors to get in on the front side versus mm-hmm. the back side. Yeah. So my other equity funds, I'm selling houses that I've already rehabbed, that are already cash flowing, mm-hmm. and you know they're buying between 90 and 100% uh, market value. Now what I'm doing is allowing investors to come in before they've been rehabbed. So they get to uh, cash in a little bit on that opportunity Mm -hmm. and get a larger uh, equity play on the back end Mm -hmm. um, once the property's rehabbed. So I think that's the strategy to go right now.
0: Got it. And so these passive investors, like like me, I mean like I'm to a place in life where I don't wanna, I don't wanna be involved heavily in the construction process or whatever. um, so they're just coming in and they're essentially playing in either debt or equity, yep. um, you know, if they want to securitize their asset and they want to go to the equity route, then that's a little bit easier. But your, your debt's also securitizing against an asset too. Right. So um, it's leveraged against the asset. Um, and so then they come in and uh, they just invest and they you know, are kind of in the deal with you. What are some of the returns you're seeing in some of those funds? Yeah, so
1: on the equity side, it's usually anywhere between nine and 12%. Okay, that's um, solid. Yeah, and plus you know, that's not factoring in any appreciation mm-hmm. or depreciation that you're right. able to write off sure. each year on your taxes. So those are kind of like cherries on top. Um, and then on my, my debt side, it's between 14 and 18%.
0: Okay, so on debt you're paying 14 to 18. Correct. That's awesome. Yeah, that's huge. Um, and so you, you're you using real estate as really an anchor for you. I mean, that's your primary investment source. Um, seems like you're finding good deals. It doesn't sound like you're buying in um, in primary markets. It seems like you're buying in B markets or ancillary or tertiary markets, um, which is awesome. Cause that seems to be where all the cap, or that seems where all the return is. Right, pay. yeah. And then, um, and then it sounds like you're you're also structuring a way that just about anybody can play. They can buy it as a turnkey off of you or they can play in both equity or debt. Um, so that's real estate. What are you seeing as other investment opportunities for those that are going, you know what, real estate, I, I want to put money into hard assets, but I also have some tax issues that I want to offset by investing or I want to look at other speculative investing. Like I know you're involved in a lot of other things. So like what are some of the other things you're seeing?
1: Yeah, oil and gas is great.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, it's the
1: riskiest investment out there, I tell everyone be prepared to lose your money. Mm-hmm. Like, it's that risky, and you got to be willing to take that risk. Sure. But two things one, it's also the most high rewarding investment mm-hmm. out there that I know of. Sure. Um, it, it, you know, you can do very minimal production and still generate 20, 30 percent on your money. Mm-hmm. But the thing that really lowers a lot of that risk is the tax advantages mm-hmm. that come with investing in oil and gas. Sure, um, If you are in need of a tax write-off, maybe you're going to take a huge tax hit, mm-hmm. then I always encourage people to do oil and gas. Yep. And, that, and that's why I got into it. I first started before I even got into real estate. I worked for an oil and gas company and learned sure. that uh, side of, the, of investing, mm-hmm. and then got into real estate later on. And my goal was to get back into oil and gas, but for myself. sure. So I want to own my own small EP company mm-hmm. and and just invest my money into these wells. Mm-hmm. But then talking to my own investors that are needing tax write-offs, like, okay, I'll give you that opportunity. Why sure. don't you come in with me? And yeah. you're going to, depending on the kind of well, you can generate anywhere between 20 and 80% mm-hmm. of a tax write-off. Sure. So instead of giving the money, Uncle Sam, why don't you invest in an oil and gas sure. well? And yeah maybe you'll uh, see your money back too. Yeah. So it's and is that
0: primarily in the state of Texas? Yeah.
1: yeah. Yep. I mean, there's wells in Oklahoma and stuff that are always coming across our desk, but Texas, you know, it's
0: mm-hmm. it's doors. So. Sure, yeah, that's awesome. And so uh, what's the size of investment that is needed to get into oil and gas? Is it like sizable? Because I always heard, you know, you gotta invest 150, 200 grand. I mean, is it? Is do you need to invest that type of money into oil? No, I think
1: 25,000, 50,000 are okay. great start, off, start yeah. off points. It really depends on two things. One. Uh, Your net worth Mm -hmm. and two, um, what type of tax write off you need. If you need like a half million tax write off, then by all means, throw a quarter million into it. Right. You know, and then maybe find another investment opportunity that Mm -hmm. also provides that type of uh, write off. But, uh, you know, if maybe you're smaller uh, net worth or maybe you don't need a huge uh, tax write off, then then 2550 is a great way to dip Mm -hmm. your toes in the water. Another great strategy, too, is guys who are looking to convert. Uh, money from a traditional mm-hmm. to a Roth, mm-hmm. and they know that they are gonna take that tax hit, and they're right. like, well, I guess I'll go ahead and do it. It's like, well, no, invest the money in an oil and gas mm-hmm. project that we've got sure. that will give you an immediate write-off so you right. don't have to pay your taxes for converting right. your money from- That's a great point. You know, your traditional to a Roth. Yeah, that's so awesome. So there's so many different ways to be creative and structure mm-hmm. it to help make that money
0: go a little bit further. Yeah. So as you look, uh, you know, if you had a crystal ball, you look down the road a year, um, maybe a year and a half, two years, uh, what do you think uh, you will wish that you took more advantage of currently right now? You know, mm. talk to Jason like two years from now, like what, what you know, like, or Jason two years from now, what, what do you think he's gonna wish that you did more of right now? Man, that's a great question. Thank you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I figure I'd try to stump you, you know? Oh, you See did a good happens. job, yeah. Let me think about this for a minute. How much time do we got?
1: Uh, I think what I would tell Jason two years from now to this Jason is don't freak out. Yeah. Because I think a good deal is a good deal. It doesn't yeah. matter if it's in real estate, oil and gas, or you know, private equity, or right. you know, some restaurant or coffee shop, mm-hmm. movies, mm-hmm. you know, people are doing that right now because they need tax write-offs, right. and it's a fun project, right? Um, I don't think it's necessarily what you do. I think it's the fact that you do something mm-hmm. and not sit on the sidelines. Right. I think that's what I would tell myself, is don't mm-hmm. freak out, you'll get through this just like everyone else. Talking to the, talking about that one investor uh, who was kind of freaked out, you know, mm-hmm. he was telling me, you know, I just, I think you've grown too big and things like that. And I was like, well, maybe so, mm-hmm. but I'm here now and I'm just gonna keep pushing on forward. And you right. know, this is where we're at now. This is where I want to be by the end of the year. And when I was done, he goes, well, you know, when I was, in, uh, in 87, I was 25, and I lost everything. He mm-hmm. goes, I kind of wish I had the mindset you did. It was maybe a little further along. Mm-hmm. And and so I think that kind of spoke to me is, yeah, you can lose your money. Yeah, you know, you could have right. a lot of sleepless nights. Right. But don't quit. Right. I think that's the biggest thing. Mm-hmm. Don't quit. Believe me, there's there's days where I want to. <laughs> there's days, nights, you know, I want to. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, just, I guess, pushing through.
0: Yeah. You guys have, uh, what's the number that you guys have under management or close to under management right now? So it seems wild and almost too good to be true, but like I was doing my numbers
1: again and I was like, mm. is that accurate? And I did it. And and sure enough, 30 million that's under awesome. assets. Yeah, that's great. And, and almost four years of business. Yeah.
0: yeah, you've been crushing it in the last mm-hmm. few years. And pushing, and I know your big goals coming up. I mean, you're, you're yeah. going way bigger and I love that. Um, you know, I think that I think I would, the same thing I, you say right? Like to yourself, like I think I'm gonna say the same thing, like perseverance when there's also fear involved, yeah. you know, um, staying under that weight and avoiding fear and like choosing to pursue something versus choosing to run from something. Yeah. I know that there's a, there's a principle in my life that if I'm running from something, it never has a good outcome but if I'm chasing something, it's all, it always has a good outcome. It may not be the outcome I wanted, but as long as I'm pursuing or chasing versus running from, and it's like, it's that kind of concept of like, anytime you're playing defense, you know, it's, man, it's, it feels like a lot of investors, you understand this analogy, a lot of investors right now are playing it safe, and it's the football team that decides, hey, we're up by two touchdowns, let's play prevent, and let's just spread the field out and let's slow this team down and let's go to this kind of slur- slow burn model and you and I know what happens is it creates a shift in momentum. Yep. When I stop pursuing something momentum changes and it seems like everything moves against me at that point. Yep. You know, I mean we're Ohio State Buckeye fans like oh, that's I mean, like the bane of our existence, right? Yep. Like you go up by you go by a couple of touchdowns and then you're just praying that the momentum doesn't shift, yep. you know, like and uh which happened to us this last year yeah don't uh, remind me (laughs) (laughs) but it's like you you sit there and you watch that and um you know it's like it happens to business too it's a universal law you know
1: i think it's a good point and it's funny you 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 mentioned that because uh my coo we were talking and he's like you know you're better when you're uh proactive Mm -hmm. versus reactive 100 and he's like I feel like as of late, you know, just being completely straight with you, you've been a little more reactive. Yeah. And he goes, we don't need you playing safety, we need you playing quarterback because that's where you're good. Yeah. And, you know, so that's really interesting Mm -hmm. mindset is the offense versus defense Mm -hmm. mentality. And I've always wanted to be that Urban Meyer style offense, you know, Mm -hmm. just put points on the board, like run up the score, keep going, run the ball down the throat and spread it out and just all over the field. and I think at times when I'm most stressed is when I'm not doing that. Yeah. And I think we allow either the markets, the media, or other people mm-hmm. dictate who we are supposed to be yeah. instead of allowing ourselves to be who mm-hmm. we're supposed to be. Yeah. And you're right. I think we find ourselves losing more right. when we try to play preventative. Right. Uh, defense.
0: You do. You know. the, the momentum shifts and everything, like everything, the energy, your team's energy, everything begins to turn against you and you don't even realize it until all of a sudden you're losing ground and you're like, why am I losing ground? I'm just yeah. trying to protect, you know what I'm doing. And and it, your team notices it. They, like they I, feel it. I
1: never noticed, yeah. thought that they noticed that. Yeah, they feel it. But they did. And you're right, you know, like if you're a, a great football team,
0: like there's that momentum, but then there's mm. also the energy that right. everyone else feels. Right. I coached basketball for a few years, and and I coached during the era of when Steph Curry was first winning the championships. And what I lo- I hate Steph Curry because I'm a Cleveland Cavs fan, um, but I also have this deep respect for him. And the reason is because when I watch him, and I heard my whole life, you know, offense wins games and defense wins championships, and it's like until Steph Curry came in, like yeah. he's too small to play great defense, but he puts so much offense up on the board. He wins you know, four championships. And it's like, for me, I I had the same thing. Like we would be up up by eight to 10 and I still, I wanted to play the game and I made my team play the game as if we were down by two. Like literally I would call timeouts and I'd say, you're playing like you're up by 20. I wanna play like we're down by two. You know, like let's full court press, let's, and it's the same thing. Like you cannot take your foot off the gas. And that's what I'm seeing all my friends do, unfortunately, is in this time period, they're seeing banks fail, interest rates rise difficulty finding assets and deals, and they're like, ah, maybe I'll just coast for a little bit. All my friends going on vacations right now, going out <laughs> of the country, hanging out, hoarding cash. And the end of that is always something that they will regret. Like, I, cause I know it's a universal law in my life. When I take my foot off the gas, when I began to play defense, the outcome is never what I want. Cause yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm running from something versus running to something. I'm
1: sure you can relate to this. During COVID, I feel like that's maybe the hardest I had worked, mm-hmm. right? While everyone else was kind of just taking it easy because right. they didn't really have anything to do. Like, I worked harder, mm-hmm. and everyone's like, here's the downturn. Like, this is not right. what we were expecting, but right. here it is. And so I started positioning myself, and I actually tripled my growth yeah. that year. Right. And then it turned out to be one of the best years, which a lot of people, that was right. the case for a lot of people. But it goes along with that mentality as if
0: when things get tough, you just take yeah. it easy. Right.
1: You know, you couldn't miss out.
0: Um, it's that whole mentality of save save money for a rainy day, and yep. then on the rainy day you can spend it. It's like no no, if you work twice as hard as everybody else on the rainy day, you actually earn double because nobody else is earning. Right. You know, and so I w- one principle that I have in my life is I've always doubled my net worth during a time of recession. So mm-hmm. like I began investing in the dot com boom, you know, early two thousands and. Um, that was my first real estate investment. When everybody else was not investing, I began to invest. I just had the capital to invest. Then in 08 through 10 or through 2010, I doubled my net worth again. COVID, I doubled my net worth again, and I told my CFO Dave, I was like, "Look, we have I believe a 12-month window. I want to double my net worth again during this period. Like this is recessive activity. When I see people running out, it's the perfect time to run in, yeah. you know." So, that's good.
1: I think the one of my favorite quotes it's on a magnet on our fridge. it's John Wayne mm-hmm. and he said courage doesn't mean you're not scared. It means when you're scared you get on the saddle anyways yeah and I think that's just a good mindset mentality yeah. to have is hey it's, it's okay to be scared yeah. just don't quit't don't, right. don't give in it's awesome and be smart you yeah know?
0: super wise words for sure. Thanks so much for joining us on the podcast. today. Hey, really really appreciate yeah. it. I hope a lot of investors, especially novice investors that are worried about the market, you know, feel the sentiment of what we're talking about, you know, because there's not enough good, positive information out there that are pushing people forward. Yeah, Media, men, you know, uh, and and the market are all telling everybody sit on the sidelines, you know, and it's important that they get in the game. Absolutely. Cool. Thanks. Appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. It's great to be here. Very cool. Think really. Thanks so much for being a part of uh, our podcast. If you don't mind, share it, like it. Uh, and subscribe, both on YouTube, as well as all the podcast channels. Um, It's important to us to get feedback from you. So on all the social channels, we'd just love to hear feedback. What do you want to hear more of? What helped you on the show? Uh, If you want to connect with Jason, we'll definitely connect you with Jason. and make sure that you're uh, participating with us on social. Um, I wanna say a quick thank you again to our property, uh, our, our, our podcast sponsor, which is Real Property Management. Real Property Management is an awesome property management company that helps put more money in your pocket than take money out. Uh, they're a great support mechanism, and if you don't have a property manager that you're happy with, you owe it to them to go and try, try them out. See if they can help you. Let them quote some of your properties. And you can find them at realpropertymgt, that's realpropertymgtformanagement.com. Um, and if you haven't bought your tickets yet for Tampa, we always provide the best uh, discounts right here on the podcast. If you use the code word podcast, uh, you can get a buy one, get one free. We already give you heavy discounts anyways, and we discount the price of the ticket because we just want you there. Um, but I want to give you a buy one, get one. If you put "podcast" in, bring a friend with you to Tampa on July 13th through the 14th, um, we're going to one of the hottest markets in America, Tampa, Florida, and there's going to be tons of investors, and I know you're going to want to be there. You do not want to miss out on this one. We've got, uh, we've got money in the room. We've got deals in the room. We've got investment opportunities in the room. We've got experts in the room. Um, you're, you're not going to fend- find a better place for a cheaper rate to get in the game if you're not in the game already. Um, And also, the reason why we charge so little when others charge $500, $1,000 for tickets is because we want you to put your money into deals. We wanna be your sidekick along the way, and we want you to take the money that you put into conferences and just get to 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 Tampa and put your money in deals. Uh, That's so important for us, and that's what we're talking about with getting off the sidelines. Make sure you sign up for Tampa. We would love to see you there. Have a great day, and thanks for being a part.